0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Stocks are riding high on tax reform optimism. That's the story of the day. It's also been a story of the year. Where do we go from here this year? Where do we go next year? I know that's a question a lot of you have. I think we go higher right now. That's what the market's doing, and I don't think I look like a genius for saying it out loud. I think I'm saying the almost the obvious. So where do we go now? Talking stock, talking investing, talking retirement. Um, it's interesting to know, the Dow's rapidly approaching 25,000. That's a big round number, but every 1,000 from here on in is actually a smaller jump you know, going from 10 to 12, 20% move, right? But when you go from 23 to 25, it's six-ish. Forgive the math on the fly. Um, Peggy Sue got married. Why do I even need math? I'll tell you in the future, I don't. Uh, that's a weird pull by me. Um, so we got, a, we got a market that's looking like, whoa, tax form optimism. Now... That could start to lead to, where do we go next? Because this year, 2017, we're like, are we going to get tax reform? Are we going to get health care reform? What's it going to look like? Um, Now that we know what it's going to look like, we may say, okay, what does next year's elections look like? Trump tweeted out support for uh, the sheriff from Alabama. What if he doesn't get elected? What if the Democrat gets that seat? That's when we. That's where we're going to start thinking at this point in time, and that's where we should be thinking, because the Dow is a discounting mechanism. And six months from now, we're going to be what June ish, May, and we're going to be they're going to be competing with each other, the Republicans and Democrats, and they're going to be like saying, "Look what the Republicans did! Look what the Democrats did!" So next year we're going to have some uncertainty, and Wall Street doesn't like uncertainty. We're up twenty percent this year. Uh, take the money to the bank. Go on, and take the money and run. I think that's my assumption, but then again, we also have low unemployment, low inflation. We've got pretty much so an accommodative Federal Reserve. Um, But my fingers, I don't have an itchy finger, but it's on the trigger on selling some profits or rebalancing. We're moving up to full valuation, full valuation maybe higher interest rates or slower interest rate or uh, maybe higher interest rates. So full valuation, maybe higher interest rates and political uncertainty are the things that have me going, Hmm. Hmm. Then there's the (laughs) little dictator. I'm channeling Donald Trump right now that will we, or won't we strike first? Or do we wait for him to strike or does everyone calm down? Those are the issues that I'm thinking about for 2018. It's not a bold prediction. I think those are all pretty obvious, but the Senate passed the Republican tax bill, the tax cuts and the job acts early Saturday morning, and they're all getting together saying, like, how do we reconcile this? Um, and as it gets reconciled, we'll have a clearer picture. Like, for instance, the corporate tax rate going down to 20% set in stone, but the individual tax rates, not so much. Those can be phased out. All individual tax cuts for the Senate bill expire at the end of 2025. But, and you're like, oh. And the tech giants, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, well, not so much Facebook, but, yeah, Facebook. Uh, companies that have big cash earnings sitting overseas, they could repatriate at a lower rate going forward. And screw the corporate rate of 20%. They could be at 10% repatriation. Hmm. Right? Right? A lot of ifs and buts and candy nuts. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. I think one of the bigger stories out there today, CVS has provided the ballast out there uh, to offer to acquire health insurance company Aetna. Aetna, I wish I would have met you. Or Aetna, I'm glad I met you. From one of their old commercial campaigns from 20 years ago. $69 billion deal. This one's a big one. And it's a big story because of what they're trying to pull off. When I go into CVS, some people see dead people. I see dead people in CVS. Some people see Elvis Presley, right? I go into CVS, I'm like, oh, something's itching on me. I need to go pick up my my medication. It's itchy. Um, Because Amazon won't deliver it to me yet. So CVS is saying, we need to figure out what we can do before Amazon gets into this business. Amazon.com. And buying Aetna, $69 billion, it's been kind of a long expected deal that reflects the rapidly shifting world of healthcare and landscape, uh, healthcare landscape. A couple of years ago, Walmart and Target said, you know what? We'll give you your Medicare prescriptions for $4 a month, but you got to come get them. Because we know that while you're here, old person, that there's a good chance that you'll pick up some, uh, I don't know, a cane Maybe a television. I don't know. So if CVS Aetna has approved, the union could deny deny other mergers and acquisitions. A key component of the CVS business is its CVS Caremark Pharmacy benefit. The deal could help CVS encourage Aetna's healthcare plan participants to use their prescription system and shop at the pharmacy retail stores with them. So I see what they're trying to do. It's like right now, retail is so afraid of Amazon. Let's say apparel. They need to have loud hip-hop music if they're trying to sell it to 21-year-old people. And right now, they're playing elevator music. So they need to do whatever they can to get people to come to their store. Otherwise, people are going to go to Amazon. I don't know why I'm talking like this. But you get the idea. CVS and Aetna also insist that post-merger, that they're going to be in a better position to combat chronic disease. For example, they say 30 million Americans suffering from diabetes uh, that the companies say the costs, the healthcare system, some $245 billion. So if Aetna, who provides you know healthcare plans, if CVS can supply the drugs, they'll be able to receive care in between doctor visits through face-to-face counseling at store-based kind of a health hub. Now, health hubs have worked pretty well in the past in some situations. Um, I've seen like dentists on wheels. That's kind of a mobile health hub, Right. Where a dentist will come to a college or a company and say, "Hey, we'll do free teeth cleanings," because we don't want you to use the coverage of cavities that cost us more to cover. And it's like, okay, I get it, kind of thing. Edna and Humana earlier this year scrapped a potential merger after a federal judge ruled it would lessen competition. So the question is, will this get through? Because the Justice Department recently sued AT and T to block its acquisition of Time Warner. And earlier this year, Aetna and Rival Humana, like I said, scrapped their deal. So right now, we don't exactly have a regulatory environment of mergers and acquisitions. Go, 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 go. We've actually seen some try to be shot down. We don't know if they will or won't. But right now, we've got rising health care costs. We have partisan divisions over the Affordable Care Act. We've got a potential influx of tech companies getting into that business model. Apple's running a study right now on heart disease based on your heartbeat, based on the watch that's on your hand. So, time to make a deal now before something else changes and your business uh, shrinks. So, will it reduce costs? Now that all of the children have grown up. I can't step on that. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I feel like I'm on point today. Um, We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I can keep that up, right? You look like a succulent baby lamb. I feel like a succulent baby lamb with a nice brine of salt and lemon, just so you know. The markets are moving higher, um, sort of. Wall Street is rallying after the Senate approves their tax bill. Now it gets reconciled. What will it look like? Facebook is starting an app that targets 6 to 12-year-old kids, and I just go, Jesus, do we gotta have that? take it away from us can't we just be kids for a little while before facebook and everyone wants us (sighs) i remember riding a bike out in the woods i remember building little rafts that floated down rivers but if your kids are going to message friends and family wouldn't you rather have them do it safely and securely they started about third grade now having kids starting to use computers and uh, sending emails to friends and such in school and that's the thinking behind Messenger Kids for for from Facebook. Now, again, keep in mind, Google and their Chromebooks are kind of like owning the school situation right now because they make such cheap computers that Apple can't really compete with. For years, Apple gave massive discounts if your school would raise like, money because um, get the kids using the Apple products and they'll stay using the Apple products. That's what I'm trying to say here. It's a loser to me because let kids be kids and... But you got to put technology in their hands so they could start learning it. But ads free messaging is what Facebook promises in kids 6 to 12. Hmm. When, do you give a, when do you give a kid an Xbox? When do you give a kid a cell phone? It's available for iOS devices this week with Android and Kindle versions coming in a few months. Messenger Kids users can do many of the same things that regular Messenger apps can do. Send text-based messages, video chat, tack on virtual stickers and face masks, but with stricter rules and parental controls in place. Um, I don't think the goal is all too altruistic. Even if Messenger Kids is free to download and use, it's again Give the kids candy if you're a dentist. They'll come see you soon. Facebook remains the largest social network, and their future is to try to steer their, their, their investor future hopefully steers people away, kids away from generation Y, generation Z, um, Pull them away, millennials from new apps that might compete with them in the future. Get them used to the environment and then introduce them to the, the adult version. So I don't think it's altruistic. So Facebook remains the largest social network. Messenger is growing into one of the most popular messaging platforms in the world. Signing up new users now presents a new challenge, given how mature and how wide-reaching their RDA already are. I quit Facebook Messenger, and I was speaking to my Brother David this weekend, and he, he quit Facebook altogether. He's like, I can't take it. He lives in Washington, D.C. He says, I can't take it. Every post is about Trump. It's stressing me out. And I'm like, I don't know his political affiliation. I think I do. But he's like, everything is stressing me out. He lives like five miles from the White House. I live 3,500 miles from the White House. And like I'm like, if you're stressed about Trump, move to California because everyone doesn't like him here. Like, it's tough. To, you could find a couple in San Diego and some of the farming communities. But the big cities, they're going to be on your side. And they're, your friends from those big cities are going to be on your side, per se, if that's what's stressing you out. Um, so Facebook's large. You know, when they bought Instagram, everyone's like, "Why? You spent too much money." When they bought what's uh, Snap, uh, Snap, Snapchat? That's not what. No, no, no. WhatsApp. They wanted to buy Snapchat because those were younger users in the future. Uh, WhatsApp is international uh, users that you know don't really communicate with cell phones. They they use broadband uh, to make phone calls. Pretty smart. Uh, what they've been doing. So offering messenger kids is another way to give parents more control over what their children read and see and hear on smartphones and tablets. So one side of it is you don't want your kids running into a pedophile in social media, and Facebook's trying to help. 93% of 6 to 12-year-old children in the U.S. have access to smartphones and tablets, with about 80% of the children in that same age group getting the first taste of social media. I've got a friend who's got, I guess, like a 13-year-old daughter. I try not to look too closely because uh, I don't want to be accused of like looking too closely. So I think she's thirteen. She might be fourteen-ish. I don't know. I don't. I can guess weights better than I can guess ages. But he limits his kids on how much data their phone can process. I've got another friend, Chad Burton, CFP, New Focus Financial. Um, That's yeah, he's CFP. Um, I was thinking CFO, but he's CEO, CFP. Um, Certified Financial Planner, copyright. Um, He limited his kids when they were younger to one hour screen time, TV or tablets kind of thing, or computers. So it's extraordinary what parents have to go through right now. And, you know, trying to keep your kids away from strangers online, uh, not stranger things, but strangers online, it's probably an enormous and difficult task. Messenger Kids is the product over the next 12 months of development by the Messenger team that... They say they spoke to hundreds of parents, primarily in the U.S., U.K., and Australia, and they consulted a youth advisory committee with experts specializing in child development and online safety. God, isn't that crazy that we live in a world of online safety? Um, But in the early years of Sesame Street, the long-running iconic show that now airs on HBO and re-airs on PBS, the goal with Sesame Street from its first episode in 1969 was to educate children by taking advantage of their infatuation with television. So you go back to New Year, you're like, ah, Sesame Street was so innocent. But it did get kids hooked on television even a little bit more. So this is the message that you have to, did you know they have an autistic kid on Sesame Street now? And what up with Oscar the Grouch living in a garbage can? Was he a homeless person? Was that the message there? I wish the kids on Sesame Street would have said, or Ernie and Bert would have said, "Hey, Oscar, come live with us." I never ever got it. Mr. Snuffleupagus was he a uh, was he addicted to something? Like he something with his nose? Are you with me? Are you against me? Um. Uh, Mr. Stuff. Ernie and Bert, two guys living together. There was a lot of messages that Sesame Street was, was throwing out. You know, my favorite was the count. One, two, three. And he eventually leads One. to Edward Cullen from Twilight, right? Three. Four. Um, but Five. Cookie Monster, <laughs> teaching kids to love cookies. Think about some of the messages they were sending. Were they as great as you think? So Facebook opening up their doors, per se, to a children's app what do you think i don't know big bird i have nothing bad to say about big bird but he wasn't my favorite elmo tickle me elmo i guess some people like to be tickled we all have our fetishes right want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk, Talk with, with Rob Black. 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 Rob Black. I like the Imagine Dragons enormously. I saw them at a club about six years ago, right before they were about to become big, I offered the lead singer $10,000 if he would let me become a backstage groupie for the rest of their career. He laughed. He laughed. It was going to be a no-go. I was thinking, you're not big yet, and you're playing a small club, The Fox in Oakland. And he uh, laughed at me. But it was a good deal, right? What can investors expect from tax reform? This is a great question right now. Senate Republicans moved closer to the overhaul of the nation's tax code. The prospect of sharp cuts to corporate taxes loomed larger. When the markets opened the following Monday, investors seemed to like the scenario. Stocks moved higher. Now, they also moved higher in all of 2017. I believe, on anticipation, that maybe this gets done. Maybe healthcare gets reformed. Um, There are some thoughts along those lines. But there was always obstacles. How unhinged is the president? Is he going to get into legal issues? Um, Health care bombed? Will will tax reform bomb? Like, there were some questions there. This is a big package. We haven't reformed or changed taxes since the early 80s. And go back to the early 80s and... Holy mackerel, you've got you know the birth of MTV, I Want My MTV. You have the birth of, uh, uh, well, not the birth of Ronald Reagan, but the emergence of Ronald Reagan. You've got the birth of bands like U2. Um, you had a lot going on. So investors seem to like the tax reform efforts right now as, I guess, the end game to justify that the market went higher. Now, I'm going to question at what point in time now do we start looking at valuations? Now do we start looking at other issues? But we, we also still have that environment of 4%-ish employment. Unemployment. <laughs> employment would be bad. Unemployment is good. Um, but it's not creating a lot of inflation, which creates a, a scenario that we still have a weaker dollar, and we, we have expectations and gains in productivity. we got some mergers and acquisitions going on. So investors and in, in companies that basically play or do their business in the United States... Um, small cap companies, health insurance companies, domestic airlines like Southwest will greatly benefit using Donald Trump's favorite or greatly. Largely. Uh, he doesn't use largely. Hugely benefit. Greatly benefit. Um, when what is arguably the signature provision of the bill, a steep drop in federal tax corporate rate, uh, which stands at about 35%. But, you know, corporations, their end game, their ultimate tax rate is going to be lower than that. Usually, up to now, they figure out ways to, oh, we had a bad merger, so let's write off this Goodwill. And, whoa, oh, we got this uh, terrible disaster, so let's write this off. So small cap companies and domestic focus companies gain on the idea of 35% going down to 20% in taxes. So the Senate bill has 20% starting in 2019, the House bill 20%. The repatriation of taxes, 14% for liquid assets in both the Senate and House bill. Now, you see a company like Apple who has billions, hundreds of billions of dollars overseas. They didn't want to bring it back and pay 35% in taxes. They've already paid the taxes in Europe. They've already paid the taxes in Asia. They've already paid the taxes in Africa. Um, And they don't want that double taxation. So they they kind of stockpiled all this cash. So what's going to happen is that cash is going to come back, and they're going to keep 86% of it. And what are they going to do with it? Companies like Apple, it's thought to be share buybacks. It's thought to be um, dividend increases or one-time dividends. Woo! Um, if you're an investor, not so much if you're someone living in the you know the burbs and not investing, right? So you'll benefit if you're not an investor from the United States government getting billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been sitting overseas doing nothing because interest rates are so low. The government will get their hands on it. Now, again, when you do the number crunching, a lot of people are going to say this tax bill does not make sense. Eliminated in both the House bill and the Senate bill is the state and local tax deductions. Uh, Now, keep in mind, Senate and the House are going to have to get together and fight this one out. But it's expected that they will. Um, So, state... And local deductions uh, eliminated except for $10,000 in property taxes. That hurts big earners in California and New York for primary example. Now, again, maybe that gets taken out. Maybe this deal gets fatter for the wealthy. Maybe it does. The mortgage interest deduction uh, is, is key inside this as well. And the real estate agents and the realtors are a little freaked out on this one. Because only on mortgages for primary residents under 500000 in the House bill, only on mortgages for primary residents, and one other under a $1 million from the Senate bill. So the Senate bill says, we like wealthy people um, more so than the House bill, because they give me my home plus my vacation home. And the estate tax, there's going to be an exemption of $11.2 million. That's pretty amazing on both House and Senate. So... Tech giants like Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Alphabet, and other multinationals currently enjoy relatively low effective tax rates. Uh, they will experience a huge windfall in the provisions that could set the t- rate of taxes on foreign earnings held in cash as low as 10% going forward, thus encouraging repatriation of profits in the future. So I'm in the camp now that Alphabet, Microsoft, Google, and Alphabet, there's going to be a debate in the future that. Should they be broken up or not? That's going to happen. There's going to be a debate. The number of executives um, in response have said um, you know, that corporate tax breaks would bolster the job market and wages. Corporations are going to make money, more money. Now, do they share it with just their investors or do they go, now that we've got more cash, let's build a big building to the heavens, the Tower of Babel. Uh, if you take a look at the way Google and Apple and Facebook build buildings right now, holy mackerel, it's top-notch. So I believe that there will be some put back into the economy, because when you build a big building, perhaps uh, you're saying like, hey, let's build it in Oklahoma City, because we already have one in Seattle, or let's build it in Austin, Texas, because we want to send workers there where the cost of living is way cheaper than it is in San Francisco. And when you have that kind of economic activity of building things, you do put together, you do put to work the welders and the electricians and the concrete pourers and the arborists and the the daycare people who are going to be taking care of kids. And there's so much going on. Now, a lot of people think America's just going to take the money and put it in their pocket. Uh, The investors are. I don't have that answer. In the past, when we've done one-time repatriation bills, it's looked like that's what they did. Uh, but this is going to change things going forward, too. Because like I said, they're trying to get it down to when you earn the money and you've been taxed in Ireland, you can go ahead and bring it back here and get taxed here, and it's going to be a, a super low rate. So we'll see. The elimination of most state and local tax deductions is going to cause an exodus of the affluent and highly taxed states, like New York, New Jersey, and California, to low tax states. That's probably overstated. Um, if you were to try to get your spouse who grew up in the Bay Area or... New York, if you're trying to get them, they've spent 40, 50 years there and say, yeah, let's move to, um, Arizona or Florida, that's gonna be a tough one to pull off, but there will be rich people like to stay rich. So, um, I have, you know, uh, talked to, you know, Chad's clients, new focus financial, uh, who have often talked about moving to Florida, but now there will be a rampage, I don't think so. Um, again, people enjoy their lifestyle, and uh, we'll see. And again, we don't know what's going to get through on the final level. Tax reform is a mixed bag when you're starting to look at um, some sectors in the market. For example, the shares of home builder stocks, particularly high end builder Toll Brothers, initially faced pressure from a provision. About eliminating uh, the deductibility of mortgage interest on new home loans of up to 500000 Again, the Senate bill is at a million. But that impact is overstated since only a small percentage of homes in the US have mortgages in excess of 500000 Shares of Toll Brothers fell on the news. <clears throat> is, it a, is it a buying opportunity? I, I think sometimes you're going to see some overreactions in the next couple weeks um, through the end of the year of 2017 on what this means for you and your portfolio um so investors myself and this show will be watching how the final legislation shapes up uh because it's not a done deal and now the democrats are going to be rallying their people the republicans are going to be rallying their people it was a pretty tight vote in both the uh, house and the senate so the house of representatives and the senate make up congress for those of you who have forgotten um how our political system works just in case uh so, there we go. Again, if I were to recap for those who are coming in a little bit late in this conversation, I think investors are winners here. I think the average person who's not an investor, there's, again, a little bit of my portfolio has done really well this year to the tune of 20 plus percent. Um, my, ha- I'm a have. I know some have-nots. They've just done the same old year because they don't invest. I think you have to invest. Uh, the difference between me and my brother, Michael, I invest. He doesn't. I don't... I'm not going to work till the day I die. And I've already started taking my foot a little bit off the gas pedal, or I've started thinking about what that looks like. Corporate tax rate, 20%. Repatriation tax rate, 14% for liquid assets, 10% going forward. State and local deductions eliminated except for $10,000 in property taxes. Uh, that's a hurt. That's a, That one hurts. That's a negative. Um, it's a negative to, oddly enough, states that vote Democrat. Mortgage interest deduction... Um, only for your primary residence of 500000 in one part and only on mortgages for primary residence in one other under a $1 million and the estate tax exemption of $11.2 million. Some people thought it was going to be unlimited, but we got what we got. I'm Rob Black. This is Stock Talk. You can find me online at RobBlackShow. That's RobBlackShow.com. I always have seminars coming up. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 2017 will be a year that we remember a lot of things. Television males were under siege for sexual assault, or did they put women under siege for sexuality? I don't know how to say that and I don't want you mad at me because I haven't wrapped my head around this and I'm not, it's not my job to wrap my head around this just to say 2017 is going to be a year that we look at a lot of salaries. Matt Lauer made $25 million a year. He lost that due to allegations. Again, you got to believe the allegations. There's so many of them. I guess that's our our culture, right? Um, I've counted at least 40 plus pretty well-known names that have been taken down, uh, You know, House of Cards might be your favorite TV show, but the main actor in it, he's gone. And that's got ramifications for Netflix, right? I'm talking stocks. I'm not talking women's rights right now. I'm just, let's focus on that and let's not send in the the hate letters. Kevin Spacey, well-known actor. Um, Do you think he's going to work as much as he did? Nope. Now, again, let's just look back at the last 40 years and say men make more than women. Men have more executive positions than women uh men have you know better social securities because of those two things and that's wrong and i would like to see you know if they say man built the world in seven days but women refined it um i'd like to see women build the world i'll i'll, I'll take that uh but 2017 is going to be a year where we look at bitcoin traders and you know time to pop the champagne the cryptocurrency had an amazing stellar year. I own none. I look at it and I go, wait, some people are saying it's going to 40000 Bill Miller has a mutual fund that you can go out and buy. And he holds about $75 million worth of Bitcoin in his hedge fund. Well, he's got a hedge fund, not a mutual fund. Uh, but we're still, Wall Street's gone gaga for it. They're going to start trading commodity futures, board of options. Uh, NASDAQ's planning to offer its own futures. So Wall Street says, give us some of this action on buying and selling it. Because when there's some of that action, they get a piece of it. So for all the worries, though, people you know, reprise about the 17th century tulip mania, where at one point in time, you could f- buy a flower bulb for essentially the h- price of a house, um and we go we can't do that again we've had bubbles we had the tech bubble we have the housing bubble um bubbles 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 my favorite bubble is mr bubble who doesn't love mr bubble so the bitcoin craze comes exactly 200 years after the formation of the new york stock exchange when a small group of brokers weary of fraud in their industry decided to draft a constitution and set up rules the crypto market is trying to build its own structural rules a lot of people say when you invest in gold, you actually can get the gold. But when you invest in digital currency, you can get an email. What? So there's holes right now, particularly in keeping the assets safe. There's problems with Bitcoin right now because a lot of the money uh, that's being used has been used in criminal activity. Um, a state government steals, you know, data from, let's say, Target. We don't know. And they say, Target, we have all your customers' data. If you do not give us uh, $100 million in Bitcoin, we will uh, release it to the public. And $100 million to save $10 billion market cap, woo-hoo, that's a good deal. But and again, that's not what happened with Target. That's a made-up example, but that's what the thought is. Maybe it is what has happened with, with Target. Uber paid off. Hackers, maybe I should have used Uber as the example, Right. So, new money right now and talent are flooding in into the crypto market. Cumulative value of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin has skyrocketed to more than three hundred billion from eighteen billion at the start of the year. Um, And when you're listening to the show, in case it's repeat, it could be higher. It could be lower. There's been some sharp reversals, and that's got some people freaked out. People don't like losing money fast, or losing paper money fast, or in this case, digital money fast bitcoin bulls thing to say it's you know it's like gold it's a store of value that people hold for investment purposes or for doomsday protection now in a doomsday scenario i've always said this about gold you're not gonna get a loaf of bread with an ounce of gold it ain't gonna happen gold i think has outserved its purposes i think it's lovely and beautiful but to me you value gold on demand for jewelry not on demand for doomsday scenarios but there's some people who do um, so far, only 21 million. Bitcoin doesn't have to be a currency to be valued. Bitcoin bulls to argue that it's more like a gold in the store of value. And when I said 21 million, there's a limited supply. There's only so much gold in the world. There's only so much oil in the world. And when we start talking about, oh, we're going to run out of oil in this year, and then companies like Tesla come along and say, well, that's fine. At one point, when we run out, we're panicked because we're driving around six-cylinder engines that go 14 miles a gallon. And people could panic, like, how, how am I going to move around? How am I going to fly? And then companies like, um, gosh, I've heard you drop their name, Tesla. Says, oh, well, we're going to come up with a plane. We're going to come up with ways of transporting people in tubes that use vacuums versus energy. So only 21 million will be made. So if you get one Bitcoin right now, you'll have a piece of the action. So... There's strategists out there who think Bitcoin could account for about 5% of the $7.5 trillion alternative currency market, which is mostly made up of gold. So some people see it move into 25,000. Now, skeptics say it could be hacked. There's going to be disruptions to the internet. What if the internet goes down? How are you going to spend your Bitcoin? There's going to be competition from crypto coins. There's going to be a big you know, issue on custodianship, and how is it held when you buy it in a mutual fund or a hedge fund, or do you go directly to Coinbase, coinbase.com, or Coinbase the app, and buy it that way. 2017, big year, big year for uh, cryptocurrencies. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This is Stock Talk.